Dexter Stucky presents Industry Friends. All right, guys, welcome to another edition of Industry Friends. I'm your host, Dexter Stuckey. I have in the building with me today a longtime friend of mine. He works at ESPN now. He's the social media producer on the Sports Center Snapchat show. Welcome to the show, Mr. Deontay Smith. What's up, everybody? PG County, we out here. <laughs> so I've known Deontay for a couple years. Like We went to Lincoln together, so college, so maybe like six years or so. It might right. even be longer than yeah. that. I'm really bad when I try to put the like the years together of how long I've known a person. I think uh, 2009 we had our first class together. That's about right, yep. So I start the show off every week with a personal story. And when I think of like you and like our, how we met each other and our, our communication with each other, I think of it when I first met you and started to get to know you. I'm like, you know, this guy reminds me so much of myself. And the reason I say that is because you had a radio show, you had a TV show, and you, had, uh, you were on the, the print journalism track too. So and, and those are the same things that I did, and I feel like we were like really the only two people who tried to tackle all three of those avenues. So like talking to you and seeing where you've done what you've done in your career and everything, it's super exciting to me. So like again, welcome to the show. Thank you, thank you. And, uh, yeah, you were one of the few, and it's actually why I call you my sensei. Like you was like <laughs> someone I used to look up to. Not used to, still do, because you can always grow. Thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> I do. I appreciate that. So currently you're working at ESPN mm-hmm. and you, you're you're working in the social media um, realm of ESPN, which is new and exciting, I'm sure. Very exciting. It's actually something that I've always wanted to get into. Mm-hmm. Uh, oddly enough, when I applied for the job at ESPN, they told me I would be a part of a program that included social media. Okay. They did some restructuring literally the same month I took the job. So... By the time I had my first day at ESPN, I was strictly television and not social media. So I was a little upset about that, but... You were still at ESPN. Yep, I was yeah. still at ESPN. <laughs> uh, it just took a little longer to get to exactly where I wanted to be. Now, you graduated from Lincoln University in 2012? 2012. 2012, and then you went to American University. American University in Washington, D.C. graduated in 2014 mm-hmm. with my master's in journalism. Now, what made you go to grad school after, like, in this field, a lot of people will tell you that you're in the communications field. A lot of people will tell you that you don't necessarily need a degree to get to the next level, specifically a master's degree. So what made you, when you left Lincoln University, go to graduate school? That's a great question. Uh, Essentially, it came down to lack of job opportunities. When I graduated from Lincoln, I had done so much on campus Mm -hmm. and... I was on the football team, so I was kind of limited to outside internships. Right. So a lot of the internships, I had about three when I graduated, were all on Lincoln's campus. So when I kept getting denied, 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 I wasn't even getting interviews, one day an African-American uh, HR person told me, like, hey, you just don't have enough real-world experience, and what we need to see is off-campus internships because mm. – you doing your things at Lincoln University, we can't, we have no idea what the quality of what you're being taught, of what you actually know, don't know, and it's kind of hard to really put things into perspective right. because it could have just been the nicest teacher in the world giving you an A yeah. instead of you actually earning it. And I said, okay, that makes sense. So if you're telling me 
I'm not getting jobs because I don't have internships. I need to get internships. Mm-hmm. And the only way now you can get an internship is if you're actually getting college credit, credit yeah, for it. Yeah. They, they wanted to prevent like people working for free in adulthood, which I get it because workers' comp is something very serious. Mm-hmm. So I needed to go back to a graduate school. And my choices were between I got into Temple, I got into Howard, I got into American... Uh, there was only one school I didn't get into. I can't remember what that was. Actually, Wait, no, I got into all schools. I was going to say, if, if the one that you can't remember, they don't matter. You didn't go there. <laughs> yeah, no. I got into all the schools that I applied for. I would have went to Howard, but their master's program actually is in uh, like film. Okay. So I needed journalism. Temple was a two-year program, and they were talking about, like, you can't work, you know, like, I'm like, whoa, I can't live in Philly two years not being able to mm-hmm. work. So American was a one-year journalism program. I knew I could still stay at home to save money because right. I wasn't going to have any yeah. money. And I could also continue working my part-time jobs uh, to put a little money in my pocket. They didn't like that, but I still, you got to do what you got to do. Right, for sure. And American was the perfect choice for me because... They had a Washington Post practicum, which I took in the fall semester as mm-hmm. soon as I got there. And they had such a good history within the Washington, D.C. area. Right down the street is NBC4. So in the spring, I had an internship. With, I'm sorry, in the summer, I had an internship with NBC4. So within one year's time, actually just nine months, I had two internships. I went from zero to two, and that really helped get me started into the next level of journalism. Would you recommend going to grad school for journalism students? I would recommend it if they don't have that internship experience. Mm-hmm. And it's key to go to a school that not only has connections, but has like success at certain places. So like in the Washington, D.C. area, when people saw American University, it was, oh, we know what you come from, what type of teaching is there. The We actually know your professors type of thing. Yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, at Lincoln University, uh, coming from there, some people may know it. Some people may not know it. It doesn't necessarily catch the eye yeah, outside yeah. of the Philly area. And that's exactly what I did. I went to a D.C. school, so the D.C. eyes were all upon me. And that worked out well in my favor. But what I would recommend for any student is do not wait till your senior year to get an internship. Mm -hmm. In fact, try to get an internship sophomore, junior, and senior year so you can graduate with three, and do not wait till the summer. They have fall internships. They have spring internships at a lot of these TV stations and radio stations. Do the fall. Do the spring. Because most students only wait until the summer, so you're making your candidate pool that much harder for yourself. I'm really glad you said that because when I actually started college, like I knew that when it came to my senior year, I need to do an internship. And it was almost like, like it was a given. Like I know that like, you're supposed to do an internship in college and you do it your senior year and then you graduate and then you get that job and then you're good to go. But it didn't work out that way. And I always had the regret of like only having one internship under my belt. And I don't think a lot of colleges tell people, tell students that. So I'm really glad that you actually touched on that and said it. Yeah, it's actually... It's funny you mentioned that because 
not many colleges do, but at American, they mm-hmm. put it everywhere. Oh, like, really? They put it on the, the school buses that we take as a shuttle. They put it in every building. They It's like a stat that said 90% of American university students have an internship before their junior year, and 80% of them are currently working in their field. That's like, great. They drill it into your head. And you, and you have to do that, though. You and, have to. And that's so smart, and there's that is why American University is held in such a high light mm-hmm. in that area. Now, you talked a little bit about the struggles that you faced coming from an HBCU. What advice would you give to students who are attending HBCUs currently? Um, like, as far as when they get out of school or, like, schools that don't have, like, that name. Like, how Lincoln University doesn't really have the name that, a, like, an American university will have. Well, first, I would tell them, don't be afraid or ashamed to put your school and yourself out there. Meaning, we have so many resources now that that are available to us. You have a YouTube that you can create. You can create a free WordPress. You can create your resume real things of that nature. Now that we have LinkedIn, mm-hmm. you can physically find out who's the sports director at any station you want. You email them and say, hey, I would like for you to mentor me. I would like to shadow you. I would like to find out some information about mm-hmm. this profession. So as far as advice, I would say, one, find an in- a mentor. Speak to them. Try to learn from them. Two, I would say... Um, Definitely join NABJ, mm-hmm. National Association of Black Journalists. It's actually how I got my job at ESPN. No matter what, for some reason, I cannot get past the robots that did the first round just of ESPN. delete your stuff out, yeah. <laughs> I don't know if it was the apostrophe in my name that said, oh, this is a black person. Uh-oh. Let's get rid of it. Uh, or what. But when I met, when I went to the convention at NABJ in 2016, I got in front of real live people. I spoke to them. I impressed them. I basically cut in front of the thousands of people that would apply for the same job because I've already had that face-to-face recognition. So get a mentor, join NABJ, and the final advice is find other entry-level journalists and connect with them. What do you mean by that? So... NABJ is an example. When I went to NABJ, a lot of us are on the ground level together trying to find jobs. We help one another. Like, I talked to my core friends from NABJ in 2016. Mm -hmm. We still have conversations daily. Uh, I talked to the people that I met in New Orleans in 2017 daily. We push each other. We critique each other. We help each other. And... Now that we've all gone into our different careers inside of journalism, Mm -hmm. we're now going to year three, going to year four. You never know which friend will be where. Yeah. So you kind of, you don't always network up. You network across as well because eventually you guys will be the up. Yeah. yeah. So now I know, hey, my friend works at Syracuse.com. If I ever hypothetically wanted to work for Syracuse.com, mm-hmm. uh, I could call him and say, hey, y'all got any openings? One of my friends from American, who's also part of NABJ with me, she got me an internship with her job in Kansas City. 
It didn't work out because of my own fault, mm-hmm. but she got me an interview. Like yeah. she, yeah. we have helped each other out in so many ways. That's uh, another thing. Just find a good peer group, and iron sharpens iron, and yeah. no matter what. So it, it's funny you say that because I, the, how you talk about these people is how I think of like the mass communications department at Lincoln University. Because like, I mean, it was great when we were there, but like a lot of people when they left, like. They didn't communicate or keep in contact with people, and then the ones who did, I think, are all are currently like working in different positions. And and like you said before, like you do have that that connection with these people. Like you and I, I I wanted to I talked to you about moving to Connecticut, and we had a full on conversation. Like I have you as a contact as a person in Connecticut who can tell me like you should try this, try this, don't do that. It's really cold there. You know what I mean? Like the clubs close early. So and and it's great to have that kind of relationship with people, and it's super necessary. But to back back a little bit, you graduated from American University and you you moved to Miami. So before I before that, so yes, okay. that did happen. So I graduated in two thousand fourteen. Still no job. Mm-hmm. I am now upset. Like what the <laughs> like, hell I, is I went to going grad on? Yes, I am now in super debt. Why don't I have a job? Uh, so I got on my freelance job. That's another thing that a lot of journalists have to go through. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that's what actually separates those that make it from journalism and those that don't. Uh, a lot of times when people don't get that initial or second or third full-time job, they're like, I can't do this. I need the money, which is understandable. Mm-hmm. So they go become a teacher or a police officer or things that they don't necessarily have to have that specific degree for. Yeah. Um, while people were doing it, I was fortunate enough to stay in my mama's basement. And I worked <laughs> five different jobs at one point. I didn't sleep. I didn't go out. I didn't see anybody, but I did that for like a year and a half. Eventually, in April of 2015, I got my first full-time job uh, for an online startup. YouthOne.com? YouthOne.com. Mm-hmm. That is correct. Uh, it's basically uh, a sports site where I would go out to middle school events and find the next freaks of nature and surprisingly there are a lot of them like there are sixth graders that are six foot three already mm-hmm. um so i got that job and i did that job very well i was in charge of the mid-atlantic region okay which is essentially new york all the way down to maybe north carolina uh i would go up and down the coast doing football reports scouting uh reviews of camps insight on how to get to the next level since I played college football. Mm-hmm. And because I did so well, uh, they said, hey, we really need someone to be in the South Florida region because South Florida is considered one of the king hotbeds of football. So I volunteered. I said, Like to go to move to Florida? Yes. Uh, I always wanted to move away because in my mind, I wanted to get PG County is the best place in the world, but I've been there all my my whole life. You don't really learn to appreciate things till you leave. Okay. I wanted to become a uh, quote-unquote journalism man, going and handling on my own. Mm-hmm. So I moved to South Florida right under Miami, and that was great for six months. It was okay. great personally. Uh, work-wise, then I started to realize some of the, the downfalls of a startup. And when I did not have my home base... My family, things started to pile up as 
this isn't a good job per se to actually keep right, right. if I'm going to be doing this, doing that. Because literally they moved me down for football that same week when I got to my new place. They said, hey, you're now the basketball director. Gotcha, okay. Which normally you say, okay, that's not bad. You got a promotion in per se. <laughs> they did not raise my money because they had already gave me a promotion to move to Florida. Mm-hmm. And you don't. The Mid-Atlantic is the king for basketball. So I should have stayed home. So that just let me know as a company, you have no foresight. If as soon as I move down less than a week later, you're telling me to switch sports. Yeah. And now I'm in a state that is primarily an outdoor sport place. That makes no sense. Because in Maryland, I can get to New York in three and a half hours. Yep. I can get to North Carolina in three and a half hours. I can get to Philly in two hours. Mm-hmm. Like there are a lot of, that's a basketball-centric place. So, that and no health benefits, things of that nature that comes with startups. So, I would, that's what propelled me to go to NABJ in 2016. Uh, I was only in Miami for six months. Mm-hmm. Um, unfortunately, well, fortunately for me, I went to NABJ. I impressed the right people. I met the right people. And a month after I met them at NABJ, I was in Connecticut. And that's when you started with ESPN. That is correct. Well, I will say, though, according to your Instagram, your Miami time was some of the best times, though. <laughs> like, your your pictures are always fun. I'm like, this is, he's having like he's living it up up there, so that was great. Personally. Yeah. Miami, man. Let me tell y'all, if y'all... Imagine living in Miami. <laughs> I'm sure you guys have gone for a weekend or gone for a week. Bruh, living there? Whoo, it's, it's amazing. <laughs> now... <laughs> So, when you started at ESPN, which was 2016, September 2016. Yeah. So, you started in ESPN then, and but you didn't start as a journalist. No. I mean, technically, so the entry positions at ESPN, uh, is, uh, it's a production assistant, which is basically, you're in a, what is called a program mm-hmm. to be groomed to become a producer. They actually... Um, you don't have entry level to get on television there. Okay. ESPN, if you want to be on television, do not take that job. That is not for you. They won't even help you. Like, they'll actually, if they find out you want to be on television, they will not hire you. Because that's not what you're actually learning. Yeah, yeah. It's a waste of everyone's time. It's kind of common, though, within, like, the it entertainment industry, period. Like, if you want to do something, it's weird, too, and I'm glad you touched on that because, like... As far as getting like your foot in the door, some mm-hmm. people will take certain jobs to get their foot in the door. But like those jobs, a lot of times, like if you take this job, like in my field, like a board op would mm-hmm. be like a similar thing. People are like, oh, I want to be a board op, but really I want to be like on air. And it's kind of like, uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> it might not be the best route to take to do this. Yes, especially with, so you're in a major market in the Philadelphia area. Mm-hmm. So typically, you're not just going to all of a sudden... Think just because you're board hopping at, at a Philadelphia radio station that you're going to get on air. For sure. You you got to actually build up to certain things because wait, radio is live. So if something happens, they need to know that you've already experienced it and mm-hmm. you can work through it. At ESPN, basically you are, ESPN on television is the final end-all goal for reporters. Okay. Like, that's the place you work to get to. Okay. So that means they've already worked in, hypothetically, Dallas. They've already worked down in Miami on television mm-hmm. for years. 
No one. You, I can tell you this for a fact. No one just becomes an entry-level person on television. They had like a program where they tried that for mm -hmm. one year, but after that one year, they cut it's that done. program. Yeah. Uh, basically, the production assistant, you're being groomed to be a producer. So my job is to think and plan out what should be on TV. How should we show it on TV? Why is this relevant? And I actually, I did want to be on television at first, but... I am a type A personality. I actually like being in control. I like being the brains behind everything. I like that now, with me coming from an HBCU, I can go to a director of a show and say, hey, we should do this piece on Tariq Cohen from North Carolina A&T. You may not know him, mm -hmm. but he is really good at football. He's probably going to get drafted, et cetera, et cetera. They... Because I'm really good at my job, by the time that this happens, they believe me. They right, trust right, me. Right. That same weekend, they allow me to do things. He gets drafted in the fourth round. This year, he went to the Pro Bowl in the second year. It's like, I feel really good that I'm able to be the voice. Like, you don't hear my voice. You don't see my voice. I mean, see my face. But if it's something to do with, like, an HBCU or Black History thing, and that comes from... Not normal ESPN barracks. That's because someone behind the scenes is making that push. Gotcha. And I'm one of those people. So I really enjoy that. That's a, I think that's amazing that you even like look back at that because I think representation is something that's super important. And a lot of people don't really realize how important it is to get like like black voices out there. And it's great that you are one of those voices that are, you know, like pushing the culture forward. Without a doubt. I think one thing that people don't realize we are the culture. We shape the landscape of ESPN so much. If you look at their commercials, there's J. Cole, it's 2 Chains, it's Big Sean, it's not Kenny Chesney, it's not... I don't even know them. That's the <laughs> point. Like We are the mainstream culture, so a lot of times people are afraid to say certain things because they're like, oh, that's too black, yeah. or I can't do this. No, they need that. I think it's really evident about All Star Weekend too. Like if you watch that, it's very like urban driven. Very urban yeah. driven. I mean, people know who Quavo is. They don't know. I can't. I I even watched. I worked the game, and I didn't know a lot of the people of Caucasian hue. Uh, but this also lets want. I want to express that we have to start actually supporting these things because views, likes. Shares mm -hmm. matter. I see a lot of times on Twitter, people say, at BT, why don't y'all show HBCU football? At ESPN, why are y'all not showing HBCU this? Yeah. Why are y'all not doing this, doing that? I created a, a segment specifically for HBCUs, and it was cut the second year because it doesn't have enough views, doesn't have enough likes, mm -hmm. doesn't have enough That's shares. interesting, too. The problem, people think, it costs money no matter what you do. So, if... A company sees that, okay, this isn't making money, yeah. but it's costing time and effort mm -hmm. that could be used somewhere else. They will cut that. And honestly, to those that say that, I always respond on Twitter. Okay, if you want to see HBCU football, did you watch the Celebration Bowl this year? ESPN has a black college football bowl game with a champion mm -hmm. every year. The views are going up little by little. But They're overwhelmingly, not yeah. there's not, yes. Um, 
Or when was the last time you watched an HBCU play that wasn't your HBCU? That's a good, that's a good question. You got to remember, like, yes, it, there might be 5,000 students that go to Lincoln. But if, if 100% of 5,000 people watch a game, that's nothing. Yeah. 5,000 yeah. people <laughs> is nothing when it comes to TV. Especially when, like, hypothetically, I won't even name a big school. We'll just name a sub-tier. If Temple... Versus East Carolina. Mm-hmm. Temple student body itself is in the 20, yeah. 30,000. So even if they only get 50% of people to watch it, that still doubles yeah. and triples us. And then you got ECU's campus as well. So people have to keep those things in mind. But I think you're looking at it from the perspective of like someone in the business. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. I think it's great to... A, another reason why I wanted this show is because I really want people to to listen to the show. And I've learned that... like. Like, my goal of the show was people listen to the show and they would say, like, you know what, like, I listened to what he was doing his career-wise and I want to follow that. But I've learned that people take different things from the show. And, like, what you just said, like, just supporting HBCU, supporting black people, supporting what, you, what you're interested in, like, that goes a long way. And I really do, I know for a fact that somebody's going to listen to this and they're going to grab that. So I'm glad that you touched on that. Another thing that you touched on, like, is how charmed, like, you've been. Like, you you graduated from, you went to grad school. You, you, let me back up. You excelled at Lincoln. You excelled at American. You did, like, amazing internships. You, you got the job um, in Miami. And then you got the job at ESPN. So, like, it legit looks like whatever you try to do, you accomplish it. Things are going great for you. But yet you want, you still want it more. So you still applied for. Always want more. I mean, that's. That's just been my nature my entire life. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm a very ambitious man, and that I want more. Like even at ESPN, I will say like I write my goals down: I, one year, three year, five year goals, and I I check them off. Mm-hmm. I, I, it's a it's not necessarily a pride thing; it's more of a a visual reminder every time I walk out the door. Like, all right, Deontay, you said you'd be doing X, Y, Z by this time. You said you would be doing this, and it's just a a reminder of something that I push for to this day. I like that. I, I think that's impressive, and I think that's one of those things that other people can look at, and then they can like follow suit as well. And I think that's great that you still continue to do that. What made you apply? I know that you said when you you started, you were interested in moving to the social media realm. Mm-hmm. What made you apply to that? Since you you were at ESPN already, so like, what made you apply to this different position? So television is, for the most part, it is on the decline. Mm-hmm. If you honestly think to yourself, how do you get your news? How do you get your sports? How do you watch videos? Most of the time is via your cell phone, and doing stuff on the internet. It frees you from so much of old traditional television. For instance, I've tried to do things with the Migos on television at ESPN. Mm-hmm. I am a pusher, but I'm not a decision maker. So if I tell someone, hey, we should do this on Quavo, and they're looking at me like, who is Quavo? Mm-hmm. It doesn't get done. And that actually did happen to me, and it was very upsetting. Like, <laughs> uh, I said, hey, Quavo's going to be in the NBA celebrity game. He's really good at basketball. We should do this, this, and this on it. Outline the program, exactly how it would go. The person in charge like, I know Jose Quavo, but who is Quavo? <laughs> and I said, you know what? This is this yeah, is not for me. Yeah. Working in social media, I'm 
my bosses are they're into they would understand it they would have to know it. yeah what is the mainstream culture which earlier i said is we are the culture mm-hmm. we are mainstream culture and so where i go over there they're like oh you want to go talk to migos okay let's do this let's do this let's do this or if i say we should do this because of this mm-hmm. if i let's just think back a young lady from Grambling State, uh, two weeks ago in Black History Month, yeah, three weeks ago, had a quadruple double. In basketball, that is only one man in college basketball history has one quadruple double. Okay. Now this young lady from Grambling State, uh, HBCU, has two. She accomplished during Black History Month. I found this information out before the rest of ESPN because of my previous works with HBCUs. Okay. So I informed them. Hey, this is what happened. She's the only person to ever do this. This is big news. They put it on the Sports Center Instagram account. It does more likes, shares, and traffic mm-hmm. than like a NBA player, James Harden. And that's a big thing. That, yeah. So the next day, I go in and say, hey, we should do a FaceTime interview with her because I know. She was invited to the NBA Celebrity All-Star Game. Okay. The NBA Celebrity All-Star Game is an ESPN property. So I'm putting multiple things together that make sense. Mm-hmm. And it's Black History Month. And she's a female, et cetera, et cetera. And it turns out that was one of the most shared things that we did the entire month of February. Because mm-hmm. I got her to talk about Quavo and how she would beat Quavo because he's too small. <laughs> she's like, he's 5'6". It was... Hilarious, but things like that is what made me want to get in social media. Mm-hmm. Like I, I can reach over a million people like this. Now. Yes, yes. Television. If I get three hundred thousand to five hundred thousand, that's a win. Mm-hmm. On on social media, if I'm only getting three hundred thousand, it's like, kind of yeah, like yeah, it's a slow mm, day. That's a yeah, it's a slow day. <laughs> so my my reach is wider. The creativity is freer, and it, it allows for me to do more funny stuff, and not always just straight laced. He scored this, he passed it here, yeah. et cetera, et cetera. Now, this part of the show, I, I kind of think I know, but I'm actually really excited to see where you go with this. Like, what is next for you? Like, y- you've accomplished so much, and you, you're still accomplishing a lot, too. So, like, what what's the next step for you? The next step for me is... To become more of a facilitator and helper of more students from HBCUs to get to ESPN. Okay. Or to their dream sports job. Mm-hmm. HBCUs are so important and so impactful in a lot of our lives. But a lot of those that have accomplished such great things, such as Stephen A. Smith, mm-hmm. Winston-Salem State graduate. He is doing amazing things. He can't go back until, like, he might have a forum once a year or something where he can teach some of the things he's learned. But he works 30,000 jobs, so yeah. he can't go back. He doesn't, yeah. Or Tom Joyner. Mm-hmm. Like, it's hard for them to do that. I now have the insight and thoughts of how I can help more people get to where they want to get. And to me, impacting lives is more important than a paycheck per se. So what I want next is either a role at ESPN. Like if I keep getting promoted, I'm a 
definitely keep riding that train yeah, yeah. as possible as long as I can. But I would like to be a professor at an HBCU and start creating a pipeline because ESPN recruits heavily certain schools. Okay. Penn State, Temple, Arizona State, Syracuse. Why can't I, us, we have something like that into ESPN? From the HBCU standpoint. Exactly. Just because, you know, I'm a Penn State grad too. So, like, I'm like, you know, I'm a part of it. (laughs) (laughs) No, but I think that's great, though. And I think that that's that's amazing that you want to do that. Again, like, I always say, like, you remind me so much of myself and, like, that what you just said is as far as like creating pipelines and giving up people opportunities and helping people was the exact reason why I wanted to do like a show like this. And I think you're like the perfect guest on here too, because you, you really embody what it means to be an industry friend. So I really appreciate you coming on and like glad we did this. I appreciate it, man. You know, it's it's always big news when someone you look up to says nice and kind things (laughs) is, uh, I'm, I'm grateful and thankful and I hope this helps somebody. Now, I end every show asking people to give me their puzzle piece. And the, what I mean by that is I look at the world as like a blank canvas. And we all have like these pieces that we can connect together just to create something like magical, you know, and like something that's just going to influence other and others and help people do good things in their life. So if you had to pick your puzzle piece, like something like your mantra or a quote that you like or just like a saying that you like, what would yours be? Be the change you want to see. That sounds like real, like, Barack Obama-ish. He said that, right? I don't know. My friend, Eric, there's a lot of things that I... Uh, ESPN, a job is a job. So there's some things I really like, some things I don't like. Uh-huh. My friend, Eric Sellers, who went to another HBCU, University of Maryland Eastern Shore, he got the job with me. So we are, like, Bristol best friends, as we call it. <laughs> and he used to tell me all the time, like, yo, Deontay, you a man of action. Be the change you want to see, like... Do something about it. Gotcha. I was like, that's real. Like, and I've I've really embodied that the last two and a half years. Like, be the change you want to see. I like the man of action part too. And for those of you, I know people are listening. Like, you, Barack Obama didn't say that. It was Gandhi. Yes, it was Gandhi that said it. Be the change you want to see in the world. Oh, cool. So now we know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, where can they find you on like socially? Okay, so. I'm big on Twitter. Twitter is very important to journalists. So you can find me at D as in dog, Smith Report. That's at D Smith Report for Twitter and Instagram. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's a little more play on Instagram. My name is Tay underscore Montana. That's T-E-Y underscore Montana like the state. College nickname. Don't worry about it. It was weird because like when I was doing research on you, I was like, "What's what's his?" I I you know I know your Twitter stuff and everything, but then I went to your Instagram and then I was like, "Wait, what is it again?" And I kept typing your name. And I'm like, "Oh wait, it's the <laughs> <laughs> yeah." You know, like you know, Twitter. Twitter is the professional one, but Instagram. See, I don't do anything out the world that is crazy, mm-hmm. so I can post regular stuff. Because I look at other journalists that have. Made it. That's what they do. Then you don't just see stories on people's Instagram feeds because that's boring. You yeah. wouldn't. You wouldn't go back to it. Like you want to see that everyday interaction. I agree with that. So, yeah. So I mix a little business with pleasure on there. I will say you're probably one of my favorite people to follow on social media. I I, I, I yeah I would definitely say that. 
I try to. Keep I guess because you know what you're doing, like you, this is, <laughs> <laughs> this is your profession. Yeah. And as far as the Sports Center show, like how would they find that on on Snapchat? Yeah, so just go to Snapchat, and you can search it in two or three different ways. You could type in Sports Center. You could type in ESPN. Oh, I guess there's only two ways. So yeah, those are the two <laughs> ways. You just type in ESPN or Sports Center, and every night. Every morning it is posted at 5 a.m. You got 24 hours to look at it. It's a lot of funny, good content there where things that you want to say or see on TV, but they can't do that, we get to do it. So it's a lot of fun. Definitely make sure you guys subscribe to that. It'll be I think it's fun. Like I just subscribed. I really probably should have been on there before, but I apologize for that. Uh, uh, you know, I'm on there now. Um, thank you once again, Deontay, for stopping by. Thank you. I hope I'm a deck star. You definitely are a deck star. <laughs> Guys, this has been another edition of Industry Friends. Thank you for tuning in to this edition of Industry Friends. I am the host, Dexter Stuckey. If you liked what you heard, do me a favor and rate the show. Subscribe to the show. Review the show. Repost the show. Please tell your friends about it. I really appreciate it. Industry Friends, your audio foot in the door. Industry, Industry Friends. friends.